Hey everyone, Jay here. Just a quick warning before we begin this episode. Um, it's all about a game called The Sexy Brutal. Uh, obviously, we refer to the name of the game a few times, so that could be an issue for some folks. Plus, we have one or two phrases which could be troublesome if you have little ones listening. Please check the show notes by heading to the website www.wafflingtailors.rocks uh, for details of the phrases uh, before you continue listening, just in case. But in this episode of the Waffling Tailors podcast, I sat down with White Mage and Red Mage about the game called The Sexy Brutal. As we'll find out, the title is a little deceiving in that it's not about um, any kind of uh, sexual relations at all. Both White Mage and Red Mage absolutely love this game, and I'm sure if I I would have let them, they could have talked about it for hours. It's got extremely simple gameplay. Um, It's a fantastic puzzle game, it has a wonderful art style, and some amazing writing. If you're at all into puzzle games, then I would definitely recommend tracking it down. So anyway, on with the show. So, here we are in the first Waffling Taylor's field report. That's what we'll call it. Nice. Yes. Okay. Waffling Taylor's field report. Uh, obviously, this is Gabrogman. I'm here with Red Mage and White Mage. I'm White Mage. And I am Red Mage. We're going to talk about the Sexy Brutal, which, I don't know, is it a naughty game? No, <laughs> no. it's not a naughty game. <laughs> really, honestly, we promise it is not a naughty game. Sexy Brutal is a, like a mystery kind of point and clicky game for it's on PS4, uh, Steam, and I think on Switch as well. We've only played it on PS4. Okay, um, so so what is the game about then? Well, so, well, okay, so you, the main point of the game is you're, you're working in this, um, at this masked ball and all the guests are dying and you have to prevent them from dying, uh, using time mechanics, uh, like in games like Majora's Mask and, um, What's that other game that we were watching the Let's Play recently? Oh, Life, Life is Strange? Life is Strange. Um, it's kind of a little bit more like Life is Strange almost. You don't really rewind all that far. You kind of get... you you have, it's, it's kind of Groundhog Day-ish. Uh, it's the same day, or the same 12 hours, and that's, that's your limit. That's, where, that's what you can use. Mm-hmm. And you can restart the day at any point. You can skip certain points, but you don't get that fine control over it like in Life is Strange but you don't get to go several days back like in Majora's Mask so for example uh, you'd be exploring this mansion and you encounter scenes where you might see a murder occurring and you have to figure out maybe what is it that's killed them and how you can prevent a person from dying and to get to the root of the whole point of the game is to get to the root of the cause of why this is all happening in the first place. I find it like a really interesting sort of puzzle game that if you've ever played like an old point and click, now 
Recently, I played for the first time Day of the Tentacle, which is 1990-something. And has an amazing name. I'm, <laughs> 1990. I'm sorry. 1990-something. <laughs> it's a, a, a LucasArts game, so quite an old point-and-click game. And though it's really fun, it comes with a lot of illogical, like, leaps of just... You use items on things and you hope that it works and does a thing Mm -hmm. unless you're very savvy with how everything goes. Sexy Brutal is a lot um, less than that. Yes, there's a lot of like thinking in it, but the the logic leaps in it are less so. And I find if you're quite like the idea of a point and click game, but you got frustrated with things like pixel hunting and just going into rooms and clicking buttons many times until something works... Maybe something like this would be better because I think it's a lot... Although it's it's driven by story, you observe different characters doing different things at different times of the day. You explore a bit, see what you can interact with, and then you come to sort of a logical conclusion as to maybe how somebody's life could be saved, or if you're encountering something in your way to help save someone's life, then you have to solve that bit. And there's a lot of, like... How did you find it, like, puzzle difficulty-wise? I mean, I, I didn't find it that bad, but I, full disclaimer, I did watch a Let's Play of it before I actually played it myself for the first time, so I, I did remember how to do some of the puzzles, but it's just kind of a bit... Even though you might have seen how to do them, actually trying to do it yourself sometimes is a real pain. There's one particular one that I did. You can do it in a couple of different orders, but you still have to do the same different steps. I did it in the more difficult order and I was basically screaming because once your 12 hours are up, it will automatically restart your day. You don't choose to do it. Once once you've got from 12 till 12, bam, that's it. Midnight, day restarts. So I, when I did this particular section, it was pushed right to about 10 to 5 to 12 game time. And I was just like, no, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so it can be really frustrating. It may be as frustrating as you make it, really. It depends on how logically you go about the steps. And following on from White Major's point about it being slightly easier than your standard point-and-click adventure games, it the main gameplay is easier, but if you want to get all of the collectibles, some of those can be a little bit point-and-click adventure gamey, a little bit more classically. Not super not obvious like certain things but you do have to put two and two together and make five a few more times to get all of the collectibles if you do want to do that it's worth it i'll say that much no nothing more i think like so romance just said that the reason we first encountered this was through uh, watching somebody else let's play it and i find that what attracted me to it in particular was like the art style and the um, the music style. So oh. the setting for it is like a sort of 1930s mansion. There's old timey jazzy soundtrack, and if you can have that kind of soundtrack in a game, I'll suddenly be quite interested. And so with the art and the general gameplay. It's not like a, a AAA title. It's not like photorealistic or anything like that. It's a it's third person like isometric. Is that correct? Kind of. It, it's kind. Of, I, I think. I think it's isometric. Almost isometric. You can tell we're not professional gamers here. We're not entirely <laughs> sure what it is, but we think it's isometric ish. All the like each room is really like beautifully detailed. The the three D models on the characters are really. It's done in a nice like 
cartoonish, like almost like a Japanese chibi style, but without it looking like a manga style, more Western. But the you know they're really small and adorable. Um, um, everyone in this game is so cute. Um, My goodness, everyone is so cute. And the, the the cast that you speak to or that you observe and meet and try not to get them killed, it's quite a small cast. Uh, they're quite. I find quite interesting, but also quite like diverse for the cast you have, mm. which even a lot of a lot of big game companies like to to me they like to screw this up and just put a bunch of like white male characters in it, and it's you know boring. <laughs> but the, I find that the diversity in terms of like gender, race, disability, disability representation. Mm. It's in there and it's good and it's not like character defining. It's just like a thing and it's great. I I really enjoyed it from that sort of perspective. It's so it's made by a studio in UK called Cavalier Games. I think this was their first game. I'm looking forward to anything else they produce because um, how I felt about this. Honestly, this was so good. Cavalier Games, please keep going. Keep making more games. We will definitely play them. When this one goes out, I will be finding them on Twitter and mm-hmm. say, hey, oh, you please. folks, yeah. we're talking about you guys. Yeah, because yeah, they're, they're an indie game. How amazing yeah. you, you folks are. They're, they're an indie game like, producer, so... I think they're basically a studio of about two, like, two or three people. Oh, wow. They partnered with a, brilliant. A, another... I can I can never remember. Is it a production agency that's Tequila Works in Spain, or I think the concept was by the two guys in um... Cavalier Games. I think came up with the concept, but I think Tequila Works were they partnered with Tequila Works to get it made, mm-hmm. uh, certainly. And in some points, you can almost kind of tell maybe. Um, so Tequila Works are Spanish. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to a point you can tell. But there was a bit of influence from Tequila Works, but it's not massive, and it may just totally be unintentional, and uh, it's not actually something that they've directly influenced. So I don't know. I think I, I don't know. This doesn't really lead from any of that, but I find the script like is really good. So there's a lot of yes, there's like like in most games, there's like mandatory cutscenes, but because the whole game is to do with observing like where people go and the conversations they have there's a lot you can miss out on there's a lot of optional like script stuff and you have to listen to characters speaking which is it's not sorry it's not like audio listening it's like text on screen so you read what they're speaking and they you'll pick up hints through that but like some of the script is legitimately quite quite funny and there's some like you know, flavor text, like when you're examining things like bookcases, like there's nice references to either other games or just something that's like like a nice funny joke. And it's just a delight to read whether it's like within dialogue and or whether it's a uh, flavor text. I find it, although like humor's not a main component of it by any means, it's quite a, the story's not humor driven. It's a quite, I'll say it gets quite emotional towards the end, and I'm not really going to... Even some bits towards the start. <laughs> I'm not going to go any deeper than that. Probably... How long does it take to play? It's not a very it's long game. It's not a super long game. I would say you can probably beat it in under ten hours. I think five, five to ten hours, maybe. Yeah, five to ten hours. It depends if you want to do all the collectibles. Like if and you, even then. And, and how quick you are at puzzles and stuff. 
but I'd say probably five to ten hours. I think I, you did it in like three sittings, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I did it in about six hours, but I definitely don't have all the collectibles because I completely forgot how to get a lot of them. And I will probably go back and actually try and get them all because I just... You might as well. I, I love the game and I want an excuse to carry on playing it even <laughs> though I've beaten it. But yeah, it, it's 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 so good. It's so good. I love it so much. But there's some, like... So apart from the uh, time mechanic, so at the start of the game you're given a pocket watch and that's what you can use to control going restarting the day, going back in time so you can reattempt to serve people as the mask ball progresses and as you serve more guests you get more abilities to allow you to progress like through through mansion it's kind of cool and i i don't really want to spoil it it's not a terribly long game but like some of the stuff you get is mandatory for exploration some of the stuff you get is useful for collectibles and i really liked it i mean that's one of the things you get that is I think pretty much only mandatory if you want to 100% the game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, so I mean, you get um, effectively you have a um, a library in the game almost of information about all the different rooms, different characters, uh, a lot of stuff. And there are some of the bits in that that are just fantastic. They're just so following on from what was previously said about the dialogue. It's just so good. The way it's written is fantastic. It's mm. just it's just so charming and lovely and yeah it really adds to like the world building and uh, although yeah it's it's technically like it's only in this one mansion with these what 13 characters or something yeah it's um, not it's, exactly a huge it's cast. not a huge world like it's not like when you're playing a, a final fantasy game and you've got all the lore to read and it it's about all these cities and all these creatures like if you enjoy reading lore you'll you'll still you'd enjoy stuff like in the sexy brutal, how they describe the the different rooms, different characters, and the different mechanics, I think it's really charming. Cool. Uh, I I mean I love law. I'm an absolute huge fan of law. Mm-hmm. And to digress a little bit, you know, I played Final Fantasy twelve, and there's so much law in that, and I love it so much. It's, I could spend hours just reading law in that. So when when we found day. that. Yeah, the sex brutal had some like that. It was just like, oh, yes, law, <laughs> yes, give me more. I think it's fantastic. I think I opened up the game file recently because I was like, I just want to read about stuff for a second because so I I draw quite a lot. So I think I was probably looking for reference for one of my pictures. Yeah, so I was drawing a picture of the the main character. His name is Lafcadio Boone, which is what a that's wonderful just, that's a name and a half. An amazing name. I know, isn't it? <laughs> and like he's a silent protagonist and yet he is just he's so he's just he's a sweetie. He's so charming and sweet and I don't just, really understand how I, it works. I don't know. He's got no personality apart from what you give him really and I think there's a little bit that maybe you get in sort of optional lore. But Otherwise, there's not really a lot to him, but yeah, he's just so sweet and lovely, and it's just—I yeah. just wish he would walk faster sometimes. Oh. As he's—he's he's like kind of—he's an old priest guy, and you're like, just please, people's just, lives are on the line, Laffy. Please get on with it. faster, please. <laughs> so this is this was a lot of my frustration with that. As I said before, there was the one section where I pushed it about five to t- five to ten to midnight, and. 
that was a lot of why. <laughs> Shuffle faster, old man, please. <laughs> and it was, I, I was yelling a lot at the screen at that point because I was just so frustrated with how long it was taking. Yeah, so I was. I think I was drawing him, and I was looking up some reference, and I was like, "Oh, let's just boot up the game." And I was like, oh, "But while I'm here, I just want to read some stuff because I like reading." A lot of video game developers kind of miss a possible trick there. Like, you look at a game like Final Fantasy, you look at a game from the sounds of it, like the Sexy Brutal, you look at things like Morrowind and all of the Elder Scrolls games, and they've got so much content that you can just read through. Why don't they produce, like, a physical book? I know. sell it, you know, because people would buy that. Uh, The thing is, with the Sexy Brutal... They did not necessarily produce a book with all the lore in, but they did produce, for pre-orders, a comic book mm-hmm. and an art book. Mm-hmm. We did not get these because we didn't pre-order it. Oh, I know. And there are not words to describe how much I want them, because they would be amazing. I own a lot of art books anyway, so I think um, what you were saying about... Uh, again, I'm going to digress about mm-hmm. lore and stuff, because I own a lot of art books, so... If you've ever played, like, an Atlas game, like uh, Persona or Shimigami Tensei, you know there's a lot, a lot of, like, demon characters you can summon or befriend. All I want is a book where they put a picture of a demon on every page and a little description, and then I've got a book of demons. This is what I want. Okay. Atlas, so. please. Demonic Compendium in physical form. Thank you. So that's that what I great. need to do. I need to at mention <laughs> the folks who made this game. And Atlas. Yeah. When I announce, when I release this album. Uh, Atlas, please. <laughs> that could work. The Sexy Brutal was released April 2017. Yeah, it so it's right. actually a kind of recent game. So not yet even a year old. Well, by the time we were recording this, if you've ever interacted with me, I don't normally play recent games. Like most games I play are PS2 or something like that. And it was released in 2000 or something. So it's kind of rare that I've played such a recent game. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> because the thing is as well, it's like it's hard to talk about a lot of it because I, obviously we don't want to give any spoilers away. Just guys, go play it for yourselves and then by all means come and scream at us about how wonderful it is because we will <laughs> absolutely happily talk about it for hours. It's fascinating. Once you've, pl- once you've played the whole way through and you know everything that's going on, it is just fascinating to think about because it's just... It has such a depth to it for a game that's five to ten hours long Mm. which i did not expect at all because i kind of expect that sort of depth from something that i'd play for maybe 40 50 hours not less than 10 and some 40 50 hour games are not (laughs) not that deep they're just like i'm not saying there's anything wrong with like a shooty shooty bang bang man's fall down game but (laughs) because there's not like whatever game entertains you entertains you but Mm -hmm. i'm I, I really like, like, plot-driven and character-driven games. Like, I'm a big fan of, like, S. Attorney, for example, and that's really story-heavy. That's that's it. There's a lot of reading. Sexy Brutal is... Yeah, there's a lot of reading, but it's a lot... You know, it's, it's third-person, and you actually move around a map and solve puzzles in that way, rather than more of a Japanese visual novel style, so... It sounds like it's very much... Um, so there was... <laughs> There was was a video game released in the 90s for the Sega CD and a whole bunch of other formats that's recently been re-released 
for the PlayStation 4, I think. And it was called Night Trap. It caused a lot okay. of controversy when it first came out because it was a... It was actually, like, the footage is of uh, FMV game. Oh, the really? Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, okay. the footage for it was filmed in the late 80s. Yeah. So it was already pretty bad quality mm-hmm. by that point. And uh, the whole... <laughs> I'm making the, the correlation because you have to go around saving people, but the, the point of the game was it was a first-person game and you, were, you had control of this house um, and you had to save the people in the house. Now, the people in the house turned out to be sorority girls and they were running around in their underpants obviously but well yeah yeah and you had to save them from and i'm using the bunny quotes here vampires okay. they were just men in like head to toe uh, like skin body suits and just sort of chase they didn't even chase they sort of hopped around it was really really strange you should totally look it up when you go back but the, the connection i'm making is you have to save people's mm-hmm. lives and you have to i'm guessing you have to be in certain rooms at certain times to yeah pretty yeah. much yeah and that's how that's how night watch uh, night what did I say it was called? Night Trap. Night Trap, sorry. Night Watch, that's Terry yeah, Pratchett. That's Terry Pratchett, wow, <laughs> I mixed that up. But yeah, um, so yeah, uh, that's how Night Trap worked, is that you had to be in the right room at the right time, and if you weren't in the, the correct room, you'd still have things happening, but you'd get story points, story, in body quotes again, because it's a really loose story, story points that you wouldn't get if you were playing it properly. Is that mm. kind of how the Sexy Brutal works? Like yeah, kind and, of. It... it um... I mean, you you kind of you can't do it out of sequence. There is an order in which you save everybody. Okay. You can't skip ahead and save one person before somebody who needs who comes first, basically, okay. because the game basically won't let you move throughout the mansion to get at the other guests without going right. through them properly. Yeah, like and, I was mentioning earlier, like each ability you get allows you to move to different points in the mansion, basically. And mm-hmm. whenever you're in a certain area, suddenly Pearl Lafcadio will get a headache and suddenly something will flash on the screen and you'll see an image of the next he'll, person you have to say. Yeah, he'll basically have a vision uh, and it's all a little bit like, oh, oh no, oh no, he's tripping balls again. Oh no, oh, <laughs> Laffy, honey, you need to lay off the drink. Come on, right? Okay. This is why it takes him so lo- long to get up in the we, morning. We just say that he's no, hungover. No, I'm not even kidding. Whenever uh, you start your day at 12 p.m., He's lying on the floor, like, in front of a clock, and you have to wiggle the joystick to make him get up. And I swear, in game time, that takes, like, ten minutes. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's about ten, fifteen minutes. It takes him a while to push his creaking old bones off the floor, bless him. But, yeah, that's, that's frustrating in and of itself, because you're there, like, I'm wasting precious minutes! Come on, you can get over your hangover later! <laughs> so I but, guess yeah. if, if you're not in the right place in the mansion, that it, the, you get the sort of... The vision happens, and does it take you to the right place? Or do you, um, you will not get the vision if you're not in the right place. Oh, okay. You can you go will... away from the right place. Yeah, you, you can go away to. from the right place. You can just ignore it, but you won't be able to progress any further until you've actually dealt with that. Right, and there are some points in the game where it will force you to stay in the right place because you can't get out at that time because you haven't got okay. the ability to get back into different areas. If you do fail to save someone, whether by accident or on purpose, you know, you can get a little bit more story. It's it's not really so much more story as it is more dialogue, maybe. And there are some parts of it that are just they're just kind of they're a bit harrowing. I'm thinking of one particular section. I think I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. Thinking the, of the, I th- the yes, I am thinking yeah. about the theatre. It's um, very, very upsetting. It's not mandatory for the for knowing what to do. You don't get I don't think you really get any clues from 
waiting for people to die. You do. Oh, there's, do you? there's one where you have to wait for somebody to die to acquire Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah. I, um, I mean, I'm lying. So it's, it is, I think, only once, though. Mm, but you do once. have to fa- you, Technically, you always have to fail because if you don't watch someone die, you yeah, don't know you why don't, they you die. don't know how they die. I, mean, but I, I, I know managed, what you're trying to say. Yeah, I managed to get very, very lucky with one of them in that um, I did not have to watch them die because I managed to figure it out. By total accident. <laughs> oh, yeah, and if you save somebody's life, then it kind of teleports you to where they are, and then dialogue happens. So yeah. you did this one thing, and then you were teleported to this one room, and you're like, oh, I guess I've done it now. <laughs> and the thing is, you'll have a time limit, basically, each day. That they, they all die at different points during the day, and you'll see it on your sort of in-game clock when they're going to die. This one where, you, where I got lucky, it, it, the timer basically ran on their lives at about 11 or so 10 or 11 I managed to save them at about 3 o'clock it teleported me to where they were and suddenly it was 10 o'clock at night <laughs> it just took him like 7 it hours it took him to 7 there. hours to shuffle across <laughs> not very far to go and talk to them and it was all a little bit so odd each um, 12 hours you're given in the day I think that's is it 9 minutes it's, in it's, real time it's quite to 9 minutes it's, yeah. it's actually quite a good length you think 9 minutes isn't long but it's long enough that you need to that you are able to get somewhere and to progress some like some high um, because once you have for example Anytime the day resets from midnight to 12pm, you lose any new items that you got, but you retain any knowledge that you get. Like, for example... If you, you pick up a code somewhere, you remember the code, but if you picked up a key, a key you won't have that key anymore. Mm. The exception is key items. You will keep your key items. It's interesting in that it does take all of your stuff away from you which can be a little bit annoying at times because it sometimes is maybe you've been running around and then you finally found it and then it goes it hits midnight and it just goes nope taking yeah. that off you it forces you to learn patterns so and like quick ways yeah. around the mansion or because you've got a new ability now you're suddenly like oh i can now go through this door instead of having to go all this silly way or I've got a new ability now. I can leave this area. I was stuck in the theatre for a very long time because I did not figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. That's not a place you particularly want to be stuck for a very long time. Well, not if you're you. Not if you're me. No, I I really enjoyed it. It surprised me at the the depth of where the story went in that time and the, the gameplay was, like, charming but not frustrating not too simple uh, either like definitely challenging enough yeah i mean you definitely have to think about it yeah because there's some that are not immediately totally obvious oh but then when you think about it you go oh actually yeah no no that that works i can do this to do this and then this Mm -hmm. but you have to realize that you can do that first thing Mm. Sexy Brutal encourages stalking random people. In the game, not in real life. Please do do not stalk random people in real life. But whenever you find, like, either, let's say a victim or a perpetrator, you can reset the day, find where they begin their day, and just stalk them a little bit to see what happens in their day. And then see if they 
either drop any key hints or if there's something really obvious that you have to do it's uh, I don't think it's ever really obvious apart from the tutorial yeah no the tutorial does make it very obvious just because it you're kind of guided through it by one of the cast who you do not save they're just there as sort of this entity yeah. don't really know what's going on but they, they just kind of guide you through the first one just to kind of tell you how it all works and then after that you're pretty much on your own they'll turn up to tell you what your abilities do when you get a new one but that's about it and then you just have to figure it out yourself but yeah it's it doesn't handhold you too much i think it's just the right amount because like if i think if you're handheld for a long time it can be like Okay, can I play the game? Yeah, but no, I, you do get into the game like quite quickly, and I I appreciate that. Do you have to um, do you have to save all of the people within a? No, you you. We did actually think about this. We were trying to figure out whether it's possible to save them all within the, the same twelve hours. No, it is not. It's just. You save one person and you, you go on to the next. You would have to be in multiple places at the same time to be able to do that because there's just some of them that are way too close together and you can't make it that fast. So no, you, you don't have to save them all within the same 12-hour period. You just have to be able to save one and then you save another and then another and you don't have to do it all at once because I don't I don't think the game would let you. I think it does. I think if you serve somebody like more than once, it, it basically kind of tells you maybe, maybe you know make some progression because you can now. Yeah, mm. pretty much. It kind of tells you don't dialogue. hang about. Yeah, <laughs> it's, quite, uh, it's quite nice that it thought of that scenario where someone might decide, oh, let's just do that again. But I think it does. Once you've saved somebody, I think it does restart the day. Yeah. So it basically, again, if you're just going through it, it won't let you try and do it all in the one day. I mean, you can, you could try, but we're pretty sure you can't do it. Do you think any other game development company could have done this? Like hmm. Made a game similar, or do you think it takes? I think part of the, the. I think part of the charm is that it's just it's a small company that's done it, and they've obviously it's it's Cowley Games and Tequila Works. If it had been something big like Square Enix or Atlas or I don't know, I think that you know, I, I just a... think it would have lost a lot of its charm if it had been yeah. a really big developer because I think they'd have just tried to make it too dark and gritty, okay. possibly. I, what would the I think where it goes? I think it's so. It's it's rated twelve, isn't it? Yeah, it's not rated high enough for fifteen. Like although, yeah, you observe people dying. It's not a very. It's in it's a cartoon, of, yeah, violent way almost. It's not realistic because of the art style. So I thought that was quite nice. I think with a big game studio, there's a lot of internal politics, and I think sometimes not. I've <laughs> I don't have never worked in a big game studio, but I get that having worked in between teams, I know sometimes teams don't talk to each other and they're just given their bit to do. It's like design the characters and you write the script and whenever you're in a team of two people and then you expand to enlist the help of others, that's when it's probably a, a bit more to what a few people like conceptualised in their brain and you can tell it's like a work of love mm. and it's very nice. I, I think, yeah, the concept... Obviously, the concept of serving people from dying and the concept of rewinding time that's been used in games in the past and I'm you know that's fine but I think that something they've 
what they've put together with the sexy brutal it's it feels really special it's just it it just shows in pretty much everything to do with the game that the people who made it loved making it they had a fantastic time making it and it it really comes through because then you have a fantastic time playing it it mm. you, you just tell that it really is a work of love and it's just brilliant. And you don't get that in a lot of games. And it's just so nice to see that clearly they really enjoyed themselves <laughs> making this. Foot on that if you want. It's I like mean, a the other one was, rolling. I was doing that and it was wobbling the doodah. Oh. You don't want a wobbly doodah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no Nobody wants a wobbly doodah. Doodah. <laughs> That might be the subtitle for the episode The Wobbly Doodah. The Wobbly Doodah. doodah. <laughs> <laughs> the Sexy Brutal. Call on, on. The Wobbly Doodah. <laughs> <laughs>